Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. Um, in 2020, we believe that God's called us to advance in seven areas in particular, to advance personally and to advance corporately as a church. Number one, to live out a supernatural lifestyle. Number two, in our evangelism. Number three, in our discipleship, both personally how we are a disciple and how we disciple others. Number four is in the next generation with our children, our teenagers, young people. Uh, Number five is in our finances, that we would be um, good stewards, not in debt, that we would be blessed and be a blessing to others. Number six is in world missions. And we're launching that this week by taking our first team overseas in more than two years. Um, And then number seven is in influence, influence in our community um, uh, so that we would have an impact um, on our city here at home. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about two areas. One is discipleship, and the other is finances. Going to pick up a little bit where we left off last Sunday and uh, overcoming the orphan spirit. And today, I'm going to kind of do the theology of tithing, and I'm just going to explain what the tithe is. Now, the word tithe means tenth. That's all it means. There's no fancy, super spiritual word. Tithe means tenth. And in Genesis chapter 14, it's the first time, the very beginning of your Bible, this is long before the Jewish people, long before Moses, uh, this is Abram. He's not even Abraham yet. He's just Abram, just a guy in the desert. And um, God came and blessed Abram and, uh, with a, through a priest named Melchizedek. And Abram took 10% of all that he had received and he gave it to Melchizedek. So it's the first time we see a tithe uh, happening. So tithing for the Jewish people, tithing is taking the first 10% of your crops, of your salary, uh, of your flock, of your income, of the sale of land, of your retirement income, of an inheritance, whatever, anything that comes to you financially and giving the Lord the first 10% of that. Now this was a law for the Jewish people. Uh, later, when God was giving the law to Moses in Leviticus, he literally wrote this into the law, that all the Jews had to give God the first 10%, Leviticus 27:30, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether it's grain from the field or fruit of the tree, it belongs to the Lord. Who does the tithe belong to? So you must set it apart as holy. The tithe is not natural, it's not carnal. The first 10%, the tithe is, is, is the Lord's and it is Holy. So, uh, and then verse 32, I'm talking about animals. Count off every tenth animal from your herd or from your flock and set them apart. Take the tenth sheep, the tenth cow, the tenth goat, and set it apart because it belongs to the Lord and you should set it apart as holy. So, who did the tithe belong to? God. And so, here's, here's, here's the point of this we don't give a tithe, we return a tithe to its rightful owner. It's not ours to keep, it belongs to the Lord. So when we, when we go online and we click the button, we're not giving a tithe, we're simply returning a tithe to its rightful owner. So, um, and then I also wanna deal with that whole thing about why should we set it aside? Because, you know, uh, we, in the ancient world, it, it, 
people understood what holy things were. I think today we don't really have much honor and, and, and respect for things that God says are holy. But in the ancient world, nobody would touch something that was God's, that it was holy. So they would, they would literally set something aside. If they were bringing in the, the, you know, the figs or the olives or you know, uh, bringing in the sheep and the goats, they would, just, they would take that first 10% and physically put it aside. I mean, now we just pull out the church center app and we log in and just push the button. But in the old days, they would need to hold on to something because several times a year, they would go up to the tabernacle or later go up to the temple and worship by physically bringing bags of grain, physically bringing you know, bags of olives, physically dragging animals to give to God. It was an act of worship. So tithing has always been an act of worship. Um, so uh, that is, it needs to be the same for us, that when we, when we tithe, it is an act of worship. And then this is right away in the first three minutes, people go, no, 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 that's an Old Testament thing. We live in the New Testament. Yeah, but the New Testament is built on the foundation of the Old Testament. You're physically looking at the concrete slab and all of its cracks uh, underneath this building. So you look at this and go, this is the New Testament. Yeah, but if you don't have the Old Testament foundation, you don't have a New Testament. Christianity is built on the foundation. If you look at a paper Bible, which I don't, haven't had a paper Bible in a very long time. If you look at a paper Bible, this is a notebook. Does anybody in this church have a paper Bible? Thank you. May I please borrow your paper Bible? Nope, sorry, ran up here. All right, look at this. This is a, this is a study Bible right here. This is the Tom, Thompson Chain Reference Bible. All right. Let me go to Matthew. Matthew's way back here. Dude, your, your notes are messing me up. <laughs> this is the New Testament. This is the Old Testament. These are all of Shane's notes. <laughs> this is the New Testament church that is built on the foundation of the Old Testament. And if you were to look through the Bible, you've got to look through thousands of years of Jewish history to even get to the New Testament church. And for all of these pages... Tithing was, was written into the law. Thank you, Shane. So people go, no, listen, you don't understand, preacher, who does this for a living and has gone to college just to do this. You don't understand what you're talking about. The law was for the Jews. Jesus came to abolish the law. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I simply came to accomplish their purposes. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law is gonna disappear until its purpose is achieved. God's law has a purpose. The Ten Commandments have a purpose. The tithe has a purpose. Verse 19, so if you ignore the least commandment and teach other people to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus dropping savage knowledge. Everybody thinks that Jesus is cupcakes and rainbows and sunshine and happiness. Dude, sometimes Jesus is like, yeah, if you talk about the law and, and you teach other people to not obey the law, you're the least in the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who obeys God's law and then teaches others to obey God's law will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus himself said, I didn't come to remove the law, I just came to fulfill it. Go ahead and skip down to verse 21. You have heard that our ancestors were told, do not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. Jesus said, 
If you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. Jesus says, if you call somebody an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. If you curse at somebody on 183, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Now, there's a lot to say about people cursing at their kids or cursing at their spouse or cursing at the politicians or cursing at their sports team or cursing on 183, which I won't. Let me deal with tithing. In the Old Testament, the Jews had to tithe. In the New Testament, we get to tithe. It's a choice and it's a privilege. But if we disregard the ancient laws of the Jews, Jesus says, yeah, you're least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, some of the ancient law of the Old Testament, it does not apply to the modern world. It does not apply after Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. Many of the laws were fulfilled in Jesus' resurrection. So we don't have to be held to the Old Testament law. But what the Old Testament law, even if we're not held to it, it reveals the character and nature of God. Picture the Old Testament law, the law that God gave to the ancient Jews as 2D, black and white. And Jesus said, I'm gonna come fulfill it. I'm gonna take 2D, black and white law and I'm gonna make it 3D and I'm gonna add color and I'm gonna add smell-o-vision and I'm gonna add where the wind blows in the theater and the seats rumble. That's what Jesus brings to the law. Because here's the literal example that Jesus is giving. In the Old Testament, you could not murder somebody in the new covenant, Jesus said, yeah, if you even get angry with somebody, it's the sin. In the Old Testament, if you committed physical adultery, now that's a word that we don't use anymore, it means sleeping with somebody that you're not married to. And in the Old Testament, you could not commit adultery. Jesus came and said, in this kingdom, you can't even think a lustful thought. You can't have lust in your heart. It's the same thing as adultery. So Jesus took the ancient law and then he just kind of like put some salt on it. Like he was just like, yeah, we can do better than that. So here's my question. If the Jews had to worship God by tithing, by giving the Lord the first 10%, how much more are we supposed to be giving in the new covenant? Some of you are nervous because you're gonna like, God's gonna make me give my money. It's not a money thing. It's not a money issue. God doesn't need your money. It's a faith issue. It's a test of our faith. It's not for God's benefit that we tithe. It's for our benefit. God walks on streets of gold in heaven. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need 10% of our income. But what he needs is 100% of the faith that's in our hearts. And this is how he tests us in our faith. It's also how he opens the windows to bless us in return. So it's not a money issue, it's a faith issue. Now, please don't misunderstand. Obviously, when we give our tithe to the church, it helps the church physically. We can reach more lost people. We can see more Jesus bulbs screwed in. We can have more ministry for the community. We can reach more people around the world. Like, but the church is in the black and has savings, like the church doesn't need your money either. Tithing is not about a money issue, it's about a faith issue. And tithing is not for God's benefit or the church's benefit, tithing is for our benefit. 
Because when we learn to tithe, it takes our focus off of our ability to provide money for our families, and it puts our focus and faith that the Lord is more than able to provide. Furthermore, the Bible says that, 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 that by when we tithe, it's like a farmer putting seed in the ground, that God wants to raise up a harvest to bless us. And if we don't tithe, if we don't be obedient to the Lord, then there, there's no seed, there's nothing to bless us back with. And what we talked about last week, tithing will break off the orphan spirit because you know that you have a loving father in heaven that's gonna provide for you, that you don't need to hoard everything because your, your daddy loves you. You're not an orphan. You're a son. You're a daughter of the most high God. So tithing is for our benefit. And think of it this way. It's the same with the Sabbath. The Lord calls us to work for six days, but to take one day off where there's no labor. The, the law is for our benefit, not for his benefit. But it, yeah, in the ancient world especially, these were farmers and agriculture, you know, raising sheep and goats. If they were to take a whole day off, it could hurt them. So it was, even then, it was a huge test of faith to take a day off. So it would take faith to also give 10% of your crops. If you're a farmer and you raise this wheat and you need to sell some and provide for your family, and then the Lord's like, yeah, the first 10%, that's mine. Like that takes great faith to trust that God is gonna bless you with the other 90%. So here's the bottom line. You can keep 100% and it won't be blessed or you can keep 90% and it will be blessed. The choice is entirely yours. Do you want it all unblessed or do you want 90% with the blessing of Almighty God over your life? Because the blessing of God is the byproduct of our faith in giving. Proverbs chapter three, verse nine says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Then, if you have a paper Bible, highlight or circle the word then. Then he will fill your barn with grain, your vat will overflow with good wine. Honoring the Lord first financially then opens the door for God to bless us. So I wanna read you a portion of scripture. This is the very, very, very end of the New Testament. The bottom line is the Jews had let their hearts grow cold. They had gotten distant from God. And do you ever notice when you get distant from something that you used to be passionate about, you really, really don't care. Think about it this way. When you were in high school, did you get either a class ring or like some sort of state championship ring or a letterman's jacket? Like for me, to get a letterman's jacket, I don't even know if they still do letterman's jackets or if it's a big deal, but in the 80s and 90s, it was a really big deal. And um, to get your letterman's jacket, and you wore that thing everywhere. And guys, especially teenage boys, would sweat and stink, and it was never washed. So the armpits of those things were disgusting. But like, it was like an idol in my life, the, the, the love and adoration to wear the letterman's jacket as a bench player on the baseball team. But the point is, I played varsity in soccer. But um, I don't even think my varsity jacket exists anymore. I am sure it was donated or thrown away 25 years ago. I haven't thought about it until six seconds ago. Something that used to be so passionate in my life, the more distance I've gotten since high school, the less I care. How many of you super care about things that you don't care about anymore? Why? Because you've allowed distance to come. Too many Christians live with distance between them and God, so they don't really care about the things of God. The same thing happened to the ancient Jews. They allowed distance, and they didn't care about the things that they used to care about. And one of the results of that was they stopped tithing. 
the Lord was really upset that the ancient Jews stopped tithing. So he spoke to the prophet Malachi, and he said, Mal, I want you to lay down a pretty strong word to the Jewish people. Malachi chapter three and verse eight. Should the people cheat God, yet you have cheated me. Other translations say steal from God. Should people steal from God, yet you have stolen from me. The people responded, How do, what do you mean? How have we cheated you? And the Lord said, you cheated me out of the tithe and the offering that were due to me. So therefore, you are under a curse. Your whole nation is under a curse because you've been cheating me. You've been stealing from me. So verse 10, bring all of the tithe into the storehouse so there's gonna be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven over your life. I will pour out a blessing that is so great you won't even have enough room to take in the blessing of God. And then this is something you're not gonna see anywhere else in scripture. The Lord says, try it. Put me to the test. I double dog dare you to tithe. And if you do, verse 11, your crops will be abundant. Why? Because I'm gonna guard them from insect and disease. Your grapes, they're not gonna fall off the vine before they're ripe. Why? Because the Lord is gonna protect them. Can I just tell you something? This has nothing to do with money. This has nothing to do with crops. This has to do with the fact that God wanted the hearts of the Jewish people to draw near to him and stop being distant. And tithing and giving offerings was a huge step of faith for them. Now, some people are like, oh, so we give so God will bless. No. Never give just to get. That being said, tithing is a blessing issue. By giving God the first 10% of everything that you earn, every bit of money that comes in, and you give it joyfully, and you give it obediently, and you give it with faith, and you give it with a, a faith that God is your source, God provides, not you. He is your provider. Then God opens the door to bless you. See, the longer I, I pastor, the more I see people struggle financially. They struggle not just in one area of their life. They struggle in money. They struggle in relationships. They struggle in their kids. They struggle in their old beat-up car. They just... They, Put it this way, you're gonna pay tithe. You can either pay it to God or you can pay it to the washing machine breaking or you can pay it to your, your clothes falling apart or you can pay it to you always getting overlooked for a promotion at work. So, and so often we struggle with the orphan mentality and we think that nobody loves us and God's not gonna provide for us. Tithing is, is an act of faith that we're trusting that God is the one who provides. It's a constant reminder that we do have a loving Father. He is the one who provides all that we need. He is my source, and I need to trust in Him. Unfortunately, especially today, we put more faith in money than we do in God. All right, before I land this plane, I don't feel like I have everybody on me, because people are like, no, dude, I'm, I'm still on the struggle bus, and I, I, I don't know why. If you think tithing is so important, why is it not clearly outlined in the New Testament? Why didn't Matthew or Paul or Luke talk about the tithe? Let me explain. When I get into my car, I have a choice to drive on the right-hand side of the road or the left-hand side of the road. Guess what? I don't think about what side of the road I'm gonna drive on. 
I don't talk with my friends about what side of the road I'm gonna drive on. I don't write in my journal what side of the road I'm gonna drive on. I'm gonna drive on the right side of the road because for my entire life, I have always driven on the right side of the road, except for that one year that we lived in the UK. My, why? Because my parents taught me to drive, and they taught me to drive on the right side of the road, and their parents taught them to drive, and they drive on the right side of the road. It was handed down from generation to generation. Tithing had been woven into the Jewish culture for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It never even dawned on Matthew and Paul and Luke to write it down because it's just something they had always, always, always done. So, yes, tithing is for the New Testament church. It just wasn't discussed because it was a, taken for granted. It was a given. Warning, now that everything's digital, your electric company sends a bill, you log in, you pay it. Your water company sends a bill, you log in, you pay it. Jesus is like, you should give 10% to me, and you log into the app and you pay it. You are not paying a utility bill. You are giving God what belongs to him, and it is an act of worship. You're taking your treasure here on earth, and you're giving it to God. I see it as giving it, and, and it's not ending up at the church bank account. I see it as giving it to God, and my money ends up in heaven when I click that button. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter six. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eats them and rust destroys, where thieves might break in and steal. Verse 20, store up your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, thieves can't break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, that's where the desire of your heart is gonna be also. Tithing is putting your financial treasure into heaven. It, I, I know this sounds cliche and corny. When, I, when, I, when Josie and I tithe, we get paid on the first and 15th. The very first thing we do is give to the Lord. We worship together. We'll pray together. I never, ever, ever want to push that button without spending time in prayer. And when I push the button, honestly, I, I know that the money gets transferred to the bank at the church. But I see it as going into heaven. So sometimes people will say, well, do I really have to tithe to the church? Like, I know this great missionary family. I, I follow this famous preacher. Uh, there's poor people that I wanna give to. Can I just give to another church? Two things to answer that question. Do I have to tithe to my church? That last verse, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's gonna be also. Your checking account's gonna follow your heart. So my heart is in Uncommon Church. My heart is in our vision to help people to know God intimately, grow strong in their faith, and do all that God's called them to do. When people give their lives to the Lord, when people screw in a light bulb on the Jesus wall, when people become disciples and get, well, like, gee, like go all in on their walk with God, my heart is full. I am invested in that. So, of course, I want my money to be where my heart is. But here's the second thought of why do I have to give to my church, why can't I just give to the famous preacher on TV? Go back to what we read a few minutes ago, Malachi chapter three and verse 10. Bring all of the tithe into the storehouse. Uncommon Church is the spiritual storehouse that we all gather in our groups, in our dream teams on Sunday morning, and we eat from, and we serve into, and we reach out from. So if you think about it, if you don't give into this house, then there's not gonna be anything for the house to exist. You're smart people. You get the fact that we pay a mortgage on this campus. We have an electric bill that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We pay insurance on this campus and on liability. We have part-time and full-time staff to keep the ministry of the church going. 
Like if we would not physically give to this church, there would not be a church to exist. So you should always tithe to your local church. You can be generous and give 11%. You can give over your tithe to your favorite TV preacher, to the missionary, to the poor, but you should always give your tithe, your first 10% to your local church. Let me wrap this up. Why do I teach on tithing? I, I, I'm friends with a lot of other pastors and I, you know, I, I scope them out on Instagram and their YouTube channels, their podcasts. I feel like our church teaches on tithing more than any other church. It's not because of the money. Like I said, the church is in the black. We've got money and savings. Like we're fine financially. I teach on tithing because of the blessing that it opens up for you. And, and I want you to live a blessed life. Josie and I believe in tithing. We have always tithed. Our, our parents taught us to tithe. Tithing leaves a, gener a, a legacy generation because not only have we always tithe, we taught our children to tithe. So my grandchildren are gonna tithe because my parents taught me to tithe. And tithing is the foundation of faith. Now here's the problem. I, got, I gotta wrap this up real quick because they're playing me off early. About 75% of our church is already tithing. Statistically, that is a bananas number. Like in most churches, it's about 20%. So you guys have already bought in to, to trusting God with your tithe. You've already bought in to receiving the blessing that God wants to give in your life. So I have a few thoughts for you. Nine rapid fire things if you're already a tither. Number one, are you tithing on the net or the gross? Because if you're tithing on the net, try taking a step of faith and tithing on the gross. Basically, do you want a net blessing from God or a gross blessing from God? And, and people will ask me that, should I tithe on the net or the gross? I don't know, are you trying to give more or keep back more? Because if your goal is to give less money to God, don't give any. You don't have to tithe. It's a choice. It's a free will choice. It is an invitation from God to partner with him in faith and blessing and prosperity, but you don't have to. So I'd rather you give no tithe and keep your peace and joy than like try to finagle with God how little can I possibly give. That's not the heart of giving. You should give like with joy. Like when I click the button, it's not like I'm like, there goes 10%. I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this. It's like a shout of joy when I click that button. I'll also say this about gross and net. You're paid your salary gross. That is your increase. Paying your social security and paying a bit of your taxes, that is actually happening after you get paid. So you, you always tithe on the gross. So, so number one, if you're tithing net, try tithing on the gross. Number two, if you're tithing 10%, that's awesome, but that is not generosity. Generosity starts at 11%. So if you're already tithing 10%, try tithing 11% and, and giving, going over and above and stepping into the place of generosity. Number three, do you see yourself open to receive God's blessing? I think a lot of people give to the Lord the tithe, but they don't like open themselves up to receive blessing because they don't feel worthy of receiving blessing from God. They even though they're being generous, they're, they're, even though they're tithing, they still feel like an orphan. God wants to bless you. You are royalty. You are kingdom nobility. And if you don't see yourself as somebody that deserves God to bless, then you close yourself off. It's hard for him to bless you. We disqualify ourselves because we know our own thoughts. We know our own hearts. 
we fear our, our, our fears, our sin, the things we struggle with, we think that God doesn't want to bless us. Listen, my kids are not perfect, and now they're all grown, but when they come over to my house, they have no heartburn whatsoever going to my fridge and eating everything in my fridge. Why? Because they know that they're my kids, and they know that Josie and I want to love them and bless them even when they're grown-ups and that we will always provide for them. And that if we know they're coming over, we're gonna go shopping and fill the fridge. Why? Because my kids know that I want to bless them. So if you're tithing, don't live closed off where God can't bless you. Open yourself up that God can bless you because he wants to. Number four, are you only looking for God to bless you financially? Because when he says, I'm gonna open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great you wouldn't have room to contain it, don't limit God to only blessing your finances. Finances is like the least of things that I really want God to bless. I want him to bless my marriage. I want him to bless my kids. I want him to bless my health. I want him to bless my mind. I want him to bless this church because I'm a tither. So don't limit yourself to how God can bless you when he opens the windows of heaven and blesses you. Number five, if you're already tithing, have you ever missed a, a, a tithe, ever missed a giving? Especially for those that have their uh, debit card set up on an automatic Every first, every 15th, you automatically give 10%, and then your card expires, your bank sends you a new card, and a few months goes by, and then you email Lene in the front office, and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't been tithing for six months because my credit card expired, and I totally forgot to update it. Who does the tithe belong to, whether you give it or not? So if you've kept the tithe and you've missed a tithe, it actually belongs to the Lord, and it should have been set aside as holy. So are you going to pay him back for what you stole from him or just be like, ah, never mind, I'll just move on. And I'm talking to tithers. I'm not talking to people that are not tithers. I'm talking to tithers. Have you, have you missed one? Go back and give it. Bill Johnson said it this way. He's like, I always give the Lord several percent over my tithe because I forget about birthday checks. I forget about gift cards that people give me. And I want to tithe on all of my increase and I would hate to ever forget something. So I always tithe way more so I, it makes up for all the birthday cards and, and, and gift cards. Number six, if you're already a tither, are you really activating your faith? When you push that button, is it, a, is it an act of faith or is it just simple obedience? Oh, I have to give. Or is it a moment of awe and wonder? Because when we tithe, when we push that button, it is an it should be a moment of awe and wonder that we get to go before the presence of God and we get to give to him. It's an act of worship. It opens the windows of heaven. It's kind of like going through the back door of the wardrobe into Narnia. Like, you never do that with like, oh yeah, we're just going into Narnia. Like, it should always have this like awe and wonder that it's snowing in July. Like, that should always be amazing. I don't really want that right now, but in July, I want to have some snow for no reason. So all, don't ever lose the awe and the wonder of giving. Number seven. Are you expecting to be blessed in every area? And what I mean by that is um, when a farmer plants his seed in the ground, he's like, all right, this whole field is gonna be wheat, and this whole field is gonna be corn, and this whole field is gonna be sorghum. I don't know what that is, but I heard a farmer say it once. The farmer doesn't invest the money, put the seed out there, and then forget. He goes back and he checks, and he's looking. And then, all right, we got weeds here, we gotta get out. All right, we gotta water there because we haven't had rain. Okay, over here, I gotta watch out because the birds and the rodents and blah, blah, blah. Like the, the farmer's looking at his harvest fields. So to, don't forget where you've planted seed. Go back and look for God to bring you a harvest in those areas. Number eight, if you're already tithing, 
Are you giving, Christy stole my thunder, are you giving to God or are you giving with God? Stop doing things for God and start doing things with God. Stop giving to God, give with God. If you're serving on a dream team, you're not serving for God, work together with him. As you live your Christian life, don't do it for God, do it with him. And you're doing your hobby, when you're, when you're doing art for creative people, when you're writing, when you're, when you're doing your, your job, your, your, your J-O-B Monday through Friday, don't do it just for God, do it with the Lord. Do everything you do in relationship with the Father. Finally, hop up on your feet, finally, number nine. Is your tithing leaving a legacy? I already told you that I tithe because my parents taught me to tithe. Josie's parents taught her to tithe. My kids tithe because I taught them to tithe. My grandkids are gonna tithe because my kids are tithers. We learned it from our parents who learned it from their parents. So mom and dad, are you teaching, actively discipling your children in the significant importance of tithing? Are you teaching the next generation how to steward well the other 90%? Are you teaching the next generation how to not get into credit card debt? Are you gonna, many of us had an orphan spirit. Are you gonna break off the orphan spirit in your life so that your kids don't have to struggle with it? Let me just give you one little final note. If you've been through our growth track and you got to growth track three and you signed our membership commitment, it actually already says that you're gonna be a tither. And I know that you wanna be a person of your word. So you either need to go to Lene and get that form back, start tithing. By the way, if you're new to our church, Growth Track is how we get you plugged into our church. It's a one-hour class that we do after church. Growth Track 1 is always the first Sunday of the month. 2 is always the second Sunday of the month. Today is Growth Track 1. So right after this service is dismissed in just a few minutes, uh, go out the doors through the lobby, turn left, go down to the Growth Track room, and you and myself and Josie, we're gonna hang out for an hour. We're gonna teach you the history of our church, the vision of our church. We're gonna, we're gonna give you the playbook of our church and then get you plugged in over the next month to get you connected to our church family. I don't really want people to tithe unless they're in relationship with God because it's a faith issue. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of people do tithe. The IRS has set up the tax code that rich people, Satanists, you know, atheists, God-haters, they kind of have to tithe because they get a big tax break when they give to the Red Cross and they give to nonprofit organizations. For me, though, tithing isn't a tax break. Tithing is my faith is in God, and I love it. I do it joyfully. So sometimes people will be like, yeah, but is it like a sin not to tithe? Acts chapter 15, a bunch of Gentiles got born again. And they were like, hey, do we have to do all the Jew stuff? Or can we still be Gentiles and worship Jesus? So the Jews met and they prayed and they, they wrote a, a paper and they sent it back to the Jewish world. They said, listen, you don't have to do all the Jew stuff. Just don't eat food that's been sacrificed to idols. Don't have sex with somebody that you're not married to. Like, just the basics and love Jesus, you know. Tithing wasn't mentioned. So is it a sin not to tithe? No, I don't think so. But I think you're missing out on an opportunity to grow your faith. You're missing out on an opportunity for God to bless you. Because the same thing that was true for the ancient Jews is still true today. Because God doesn't change. Literally, he said that to Malachi, the prophet. 
Some people will say, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. I make, I make so little money, I literally can't afford to tithe. 10% of $1 is the exact same amount as 10% of $100. Doesn't matter if you make 15, 20 grand a year or 200 grand a year. 10% is 10% for everybody. And that's, God wants to bless us. In fact, if you're struggling financially, I, I double dog dare you to tithe because you can't afford not to tithe because you're closing the windows of heaven that God can't bless you. You're putting your faith in yourself and not in God to provide. I don't wanna say any names, but we have an older person in our church that lives off of Social Security on a very tight budget who had a birthday last week. <laughs> Financially, probably one of the smallest incomes in our church. But this person, who I will remain nameless, is one of the most faithful and generous tithers we have in our church. Does this person give the same amount as somebody that makes a six-figure salary? No, of course not. But they, they give the same amount, 10%, with joy, with worship, with wonder at what God is doing. But it all starts with an act of faith. We don't enter into a relationship with God without faith. You're, you're trusting that the engineers of this building 40 years ago built this building, then it's not gonna fall down and crush you and kill you. You're putting a lot of faith in people engineered this thing years ago. You put faith in the brakes in your car. You, you put faith in airplanes when you travel. You put faith in a lot of things. Do you really, really, really have faith that God is good and that he is real and that he loves you and that 2,000 years ago, Jesus took our sin, your sin and my sin to the cross and that he loves you so much he wants to make you royalty in his family, that we would be adopted into his family, that our loving father would be a loving father in heaven and right here in our hearts. All of that starts by an act of faith, where the Bible says we repent. It means we, we change the way we think. We surrender our lives and we, we give our whole life to the Lord Jesus. We hold nothing back, kind of like what Jesus said, I'm gonna go all in with Jesus. I'm gonna hold nothing back. That's your moment right here, right now. For some of you, you've never prayed a prayer like this. I'll lead you in the prayer, I can help you, but it has to be your prayer. You've gotta mean it. For some of you, it's been a minute. You used to walk with the Lord, but you let your heart grow cold. You, you've grown distance. You don't care about your letterman's jacket anymore, and you don't care about Jesus anymore. It's simply because there's been distance there. But today, the Lord's like, dude, come on. Maybe you're watching at home online, you're like, he hasn't talked to the online people in a long time. I think he forgot about me. I never forget about online people. I love you. And if your heart's pounding out of your chest, and you're like, I've got to get right with God today. I've got to ask him to forgive me of my sin. I've got, to, I've got to surrender my life to him and receive the gift of eternal life. Today is your day as well. So for you that are at home, even though you're gonna be by yourself, right there in your living room or whatever, if you're in this room this morning, I wanna pray for you. I know that for years we've taught you that you have to bow your head and close your eyes or Jesus won't hear you. But I don't think that's true. I think Jesus was crucified naked on a cross in front of all of Jerusalem. And if he could do that for us, we can pray and get right with God in front of people that love us at our church. So if you're here this morning and you're watching at home online and today's your day to get right with God, either the first time or the first time in a long time, you wanna pray and ask God to forgive you of your sin. By faith, you wanna surrender your life to him. Today is your day. I'd like to know who I'm gonna pray for. 
would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get around God. I see that hand, is there anybody else? I see that hand, is there anybody else? What about you at home? Come on, somebody. So proud of you, golly. I saw two people shoot their hand up. What about you? Right there in your living room. I can't see you, but between you and God, just shoot your hand up and pray with these two. If you believe it in your heart, why don't we pray this out loud? Say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of all my sin. I repent. So surrender my life to you. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Be the Lord of my life the Savior of my soul, and the loving Father in my heart. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. For the two that gave their heart to Jesus, would you shout for joy? Yay, God, yay, God, yay, God. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Even if you're at home online, we wanna pray for you. We wanna screw in a light bulb for you on our Jesus wall and encourage you in your walk with God. So we're gonna bring our prayer team down to the front. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to text the name Jesus to 817-405-2244. That's only gonna send you a little form, an auto form. Please fill out the form and click submit. We wanna pray for you. We wanna encourage you in your walk with God. We wanna screw in a light bulb with your name on it on the Jesus wall. If you're here this morning and need prayer, if there's sickness in your body, if there's pain in your body, if you've got a relationship struggle, if you need prayer for whatever reason, these men and women are up here because they love you and wanna pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning and your heart's been beating out of your chest and you're hoping, man, I thought we were gonna pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I feel like I should be praying in tongues. Okay, there it is, that's your day. So come on down and we wanna pray for you that God's gonna fill you with his Holy Spirit and power. While we go into worship, I want you to do business with God. If you're a tither, which is most of you, I want you to ask the Lord if there's another step. Remember my ladder example that we, we always wanna be taking another step of faith, another step in generosity? Ask the Lord, is there anything more I should be doing financially in my generosity? And just you work that out between you and God. If you're not a tither yet, I want you to ask the Lord to help you overcome your fears, to help you overcome your doubt that God would, would have enough to provide. And, and I want you to make a commitment to God that you're gonna begin tithing. It is for your benefit. I, I want you to be blessed. And I'm so excited to see what God's gonna do in your finances. You know how God said, put me to the test? My stepfather got born again in the 70s. And um, my stepfather, some of you have met him, he's a brilliant engineer. Uh, he worked for IBM and NASA. Uh, he put, you know, space shuttle in space. He's just one of those brilliant minds of our generation. Very analytical guy. So you could tell we had a great relationship when I was a kid. And um, I'm kidding, we, we have a great relationship now. Um, when he got born again and he heard the message on tithing, he was like, you want me to give God 10% of all the money I earn? But then he read that verse, you can put me to the test. And back in the 70s, we didn't have computers. So he made a literal spreadsheet of his income and dividends. And he said, I am paid the highest I could possibly be paid in my field. Like there's no more money that I could get. I get my bonuses every year. So he wrote it all out in a spreadsheet. And he said, I'm gonna begin tithing this week and I'm literally gonna put God to the test. It would be practically impossible for God to increase me 
but I'll see if he does. You know where the story's going. He didn't even have to finish the year of his spreadsheet. God had blessed him. God had bonused him. His, 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 his heart and, and was getting healed. His marriage with my mom was getting stronger. The family was getting stronger. God opened the windows of heaven and blessed him in so many different ways because of his obedience. So then, of course, he became a consistent tither, but then he taught me the same principles that God wants to bless us. Put him to the test. This is your week to take a step of faith. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.